A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. Farm Show. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, how'd it go for you? Opening weekend successful or are you still searching? Welcome in, everybody. It's the fabulous Farm Babe Pam Youngke, 23rd day of November. I know a lot of my buddies and a lot of you have been sending me pictures of the successful hunt. We're talking a little bit more about that after we head towards the end of the show with Jake Holsclaw. He's a DNR recreation safety specialist. A lot of folks use ATVs or UTVs so they can get to their deer stand faster or they can uh, bring the harvest in. But I'll tell you what, you need to think safety. It has cost a lot of people their lives this year. Talking about that with Jake today. All right, weather-wise, today looks a lot different than yesterday did or last week for sure. Cloudy skies on the way today. 39 are expected high. Tonight down to 28. Tomorrow gets a little tricky. A rain-snow mixed with 39 are expected high. If you're driving on Wednesday, cloudy skies will bounce up to 44, but a good 70% chance of rain in the forecast. And Thanksgiving Thursday, it looks like we'll have some partly sunny skies. 47 are expected high. Hopefully, it's going to be dry. Stumacher Ag Meteorologist will bring us those weather details coming your way in just a moment. How are things going in Eau Claire at the northern end of the world's longest barn? Bob Bosol joins the Midwest Farm Report in just moments to update you on the latest agriculture happenings. A history of success means proven performance. But let's call performance what it is. Profitability. And boosting yours, no matter what the season brings, is the goal of DeKalb brand corn. Backed by exclusive genetics, whole farm solutions, and unmatched dealer support. Let nothing shake your perseverance. Ask your dealer how DeKalb brand corn can help you realize a future of performance. Always read and follow IRM where applicable. Grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Yeah, we can both put a bow tie on it now. Fabulous farm babe Pam Yankee from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And I'll tell you, even with the fairly mild weather that we've been enjoying, Wisconsin farmers have had the opportunity to kind of keep plugging along. I think they're probably getting ready to take a break, though, Bob. If they didn't make it to the deer stand over the weekend, they're probably looking forward to a little time this week, especially as we get towards the holidays. But we pretty much put a bow tie on this year's harvest, don't you think? We really have, Pam, and uh, you talked to deer hunters it was one less challenge this year on opening weekend not to have so much corn standing rain notwithstanding bob osel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn yeah the corn harvest for all intents and purposes pretty well done we always have some of those 365 day hybrids that uh, for some reason stand all winter long why this year i don't know joe lauer is our state corn specialist and of course this year so much different than last and I asked him if uh, he was a little bit more excited about this year, how he describes the corn planting, harvesting, growing season this year. And he wasn't all that excited because he's looking at more seasons while we just looked at uh, last year and this year. He said it was just average. Well, planting, growing, and harvesting was basically really kind of an average year, um, whether Weather was average. Um, planting progress in the in the spring was really kind of one of those average years, and it's usually you have some sort of an issue all the time. We had our issues this year, but uh, really it was kind of an average year, which is good considering all the other issues that are going on with COVID and, and some of those things. 
we did have some some lodging that occurred in the southern part of the state at uh, Montford and Arlington sites where, I don't know if you remember the uh, the trickle that went through Iowa, that there was some spinoffs of that that, that um, uh, caused some lodging before the brace roots came out, and um, those plants had to uh, kind of S their way back up. They kind of snaked their way back up, and, and they eventually did become upright, but there was some lodging. And then there was some drought up in um, in the northeastern part of the state where, like our Seymour site, we had some some damage that went on. And then there was a light frost that affected the uh, northern half of the state that kind of um, a lot of the growers that I've talked to kind of felt that they it kind of took the top off a little bit uh, in terms of yield. Some of our best sites, those best sites were uh, like a Chippewa Falls, for example, was one of our was one of our better sites uh, this past year. Very high yield. I think they they averaged up across all the hybrids over 250 bushels to the acres. So so that was a real good site. And um, I bet there were scattered problems all around. Weather was average. Planting progress, harvest progress, all those kinds of things were average, which is actually good. Uh, good kind of a thing to see. And um, uh, that's been kind of it. The, the yields that have come in have been, um, in general, I would characterize as good, um, not oftentimes outstanding. Again, I think because of the early frost we had in the north uh, a little bit. But uh, in general, they, they, they weren't bad at all either. As you talk to um, farmer, as you talk to corn growers around the state, Joe, what kind of feedback did you get from them? And, and you mentioned some drought conditions in the Duracho and things like that. But what kind of comments did you get from them as far as maybe insect problems, or weed problems, things like that? Any concerns in any particular parts of the state over that? Well, not really. Again, we didn't we didn't see a lot of that sort of thing. We are getting more and more weed resistance uh, issues popping up, but it's still when you look at the entire state, relatively small areas. We're very concerned about it. Rodrigo Worley, our weed scientist, has been working very hard to get a handle on Palmer am- amaranth and some of the other things that are kind of moving in a little bit. Um, but in general, we had we had fairly good weed control um, uh, across the state. Uh, but, but again, there are isolated hot spots that, that are developing. As far as insects, not much. And, and on the disease front, it was relatively quiet as well, too. Um, things in the past that we've had, like tar spot and, and things that have kind of flared up, we didn't really see much of an effect this year. Uh, the real issue is, is lodging, and usually you get lodging in one of these high-yield years where, where the, the, there's so much torque on the plant from just the, from just the ear uh, having so much grain that you can get, get, have it go down a little bit. And we saw some of that as a result of weakened stocks prior to that bracelet formation uh, in, in July. So but that's about it, Bob. We didn't, we didn't really see much more than, more than that. Where did you see uh, Rodrigo Worley talking about weed problem hot spots with resistance? Where were some of those hot spots around? And, and I guess what kind of recommendations do we have in the future to, to work around some of those challenges? Well, 
some of the areas that I know of um, are like in Sauk County, uh, the southern tier of counties. Anybody that brings in um, cotton seed for dairy 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 feed, uh, you can get some of those seeds moving up from the from the southern part of the state. Probably the most important thing in the and I know Rodrigo has been really pushing this has been just making sure that you clean out your combines as well as you as well as you can, uh, especially moving between fields and things. That was um, that. That's one thing that can oftentimes be done uh, to, to help slow the spread a little bit. Uh, but Rodrigo's got a number of different publications out there that um, that uh, kind of describe some of the some of the things that growers can do. But those are those are some of the key things uh, that cleaning your combine and and watching that cotton seed that's coming in on some of these dairies. And, of course, in November, Joe, you always put your book out based on the test plots around the state. It's always uh, here in November. When we get those to look at them, what what are some of the things that you want farmers to pick up on as far as some of the numbers and uh, some of the information you're going to be releasing uh, in your annual corn trial report? Right. I think I think the main thing that we really encourage growers to look for is is um, uh, use the data that is the average across all the locations. In other words, if you live by Chippewa Falls, for example, don't necessarily use the Chippewa Falls column of data to make your decision. You're better off using the mean of all the locations, all four locations that we got across the north central part of the state. And the reason we say that is next year, you know, you might have a year like uh, that occurred at Marshfield or a year that occurred like at Valders or Seymour. And so the, the Chippewa Falls data won't necessarily do you any good, uh, you know, next year. And what you're trying to do is predict next year. So use that multi-location average that we always uh, publish and then look at the consistency of performance, and that's where you look at the Chippewa Falls data of a hybrid versus, uh, you know, Seymour Valders or something like that. And just look at it; should be a consistently good starred performer. I always say just look for the stars. So multi-location average, consistency of performance. A few other things to think about, especially in the trans, uh, the bioengineered era, is the cost of the seed. Um, the fact that every hybrid has got to stand on its own for performance, and um, and and then finally buy the traits that you need, which is, I know is very difficult to do, but you can certainly sometimes complain to your dealer that we don't necessarily need the corn rootworm trait oftentimes in the northern part of the state, yet farmers are forced to buy that because it comes as part of the package. But a little complaining may not hurt to, to encourage companies to for sure have the BT uh, corn borer trait and maybe the Roundup Ready trait, but again, we oftentimes don't need the corn rootworm trait uh, way up north, uh, especially when we have good rotation up there. So, so those five things, multi-location average, consistency of performance, every hybrid standing on its own, pay attention to seed costs, and then just buy the traits that you need. Those are all things to be looking at uh, as you evaluate the hybrids that are in the book. We've got this year, I think, um, close to 500 hybrids that we evaluated, um, about um, 
uh, in both grain and silage. And so there's a it's a good consumer reports uh, publication, if you will, of of hybrid performance kind of around the state, and it's a good place to start. Um, what I always encourage growers to do is uh, identify the top 20% of the hybrids, and uh, from there your negotiation skills will need to come into play. But what I'm able to do with that report is, you know, oftentimes you can eliminate the bottom 80%, and um, any one of those top ones will do you pretty well. And uh, if anyone is in that bottom 80%, well, make sure that you be very scrutinize that, that hybrid very closely. Um, as, as you make your decision and start to negotiate with um, with seed companies. All right. Thanks, Joe. And it's time to get that uh, trial report and take a look at those kind of hybrids and start making your decisions and negotiations for next year. Joe Lauer, our state corn specialist with us in what he calls a uh, Kind of an average year for the corn crop in Wisconsin. I'm Bob Osol. Should you be wearing shorts or industrial-grade insulated pants? Around these parts, it's tough to tell. But not for ag meteorologist Stu Muck. Weather is up next. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. If your walls could talk, what would they say? I have sent children into fits of rage. I am responsible for a child's speech impediment. I am the reason a child can't read. Just because you can't see lead paint doesn't mean it's not on walls, doors, windows, and sills. Today, lead paint poisoning affects over 1 million children. If your home was built before 1978, log on to leadfreekids.org or call 800-424-LEAD. Brought to you by the Coalition to End Childhood Lead Poisoning. EPA, HUD, and the Ad Council. At Wiffle's Hybrids, our family recipe for success has been handed down for three generations. Take two parts high-performing hybrids, mix with one part unmatched quality, then finish it off with our secret sauce, superior customer service. Some people may say it's impossible to get the best hybrids from an independent, family-owned company, to which we'd say, have your cake and eat it, too. Mmm, Wiffle's Hybrids, quite possibly the best hybrids you can buy. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's a grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for a number of money-saving member benefits on equipment, autos, travel, and insurance. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Recently, I moved to Wisconsin, and I decided that it was time to change up my insurance. And after a bit of searching, it was pretty obvious that I needed to go with Rural Mutual Insurance. This is Josh Gramlin from the Midwest Farm Report. Not only did I want a great rate and even better coverage, but I wanted a Wisconsin-based insurance company that protects and supports our Wisconsin farmers and agribusiness community. To find out what Rural Mutual can do for you, do what I did and go to RuralMutual.com. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Roses are red, violets are blue, and you bet she'll be talking farming with you. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. All righty, here we go. And I want to say thank you to all you folks that have used the, uh, well, we'll call it moderate weather that we've been enjoying across the state of Wisconsin for holiday decorations. Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us this morning. I'm, I'm so grateful because I come in at just a 
just an awful time of the day that nobody should be driving around at uh, 2 o'clock in the morning coming into work. But that's okay by me, and it makes it a lot easier when people have uh, little Christmas lights on. Uh, some people have been criticizing, Stu, that we're way ahead of the game, getting too excited about stuff. We're not even to Thanksgiving, but I'll tell you what. If we're going to be dealing with snow and wet stuff today and tomorrow for sure, man, am I ever happy that I've got something to brighten my drive-in. A little brightness isn't bad. Yeah, you're right. We saw some decorations put up around here last evening, too, and it's, it does do the heart a little good, let's say that. Yeah, the weather a little bit different, though, as I expect, although there are some clouds this morning, that during the day we're more likely to see at least some sunshine. That's all well and good. But then we look for this stronger system to build right into the mid-Mississippi Valley, and what it will do is push some moisture up into Wisconsin from southwest to northeast, building up out of the southwest, pushing to the northeast. Nothing out there right now. There's some rain way out in Kansas and southern Nebraska. Nothing nearby, but it develops most likely quite late tonight. Call it really early Tuesday morning. How about that? And into the day Tuesday, there'll be some snow and rain, some one to three inches of snow accumulating lacrosse, lacrosse, excuse me, Boston up to Eau Claire. Could be an inch or two elsewhere, and it is going to mix with and change over to rain for a while, too, later Tuesday or early Wednesday. Kind of sloppy as we head toward Thanksgiving. I'll have the forecast right after this. Everyone at the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board lives and breathes Wisconsin soybeans and can be your knowledgeable ally in the field and at home. With important grower alerts, timely production advice and industry news, and expert-generated grower research, we are the resource to help your crop and business thrive. Stay in the know and connect with the Wisconsin soybean community by finding Badger Bean on Facebook or by visiting badgerbean.com. As a proud sponsor of the WIAA, they care about your community like you do. They believe the communities that support their athletes are the true champions. Visit RuralMutual.com slash WIAA to learn how they support high school athletics. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Alrighty, Stu, sounds like I've got to try to get my winter driving skills lined up and ready to go starting, what, tonight? Early tomorrow? Tomorrow when? Tomorrow morning. Yeah? Tomorrow morning when you're heading to work, it ought to just start getting a little interesting. Oh, joy. So let's look for some... Let's look for some clouds today. The sun will break through. It will brighten up, and that's all right. Upper 30s, maybe almost 40 today. Northwest winds only about 5 to 10. It's tonight, then, that snow develops, and that's, call it early Tuesday morning, midnight and later. We drop into the upper 20s. Southeast winds at 5 to 10, and then snow mixing with rain, changing to all rain for a time Tuesday. Some fog around. Upper 30s and low 40s. Upper 30s further north, low 40s south. Southeast winds 5 to 15, gusting to 25. And that rain around yet Tuesday night lingering into Wednesday with some clouds. Rain should end during the day Wednesday, though, and will be in the low or mid 40s with east and north winds at 5. So like I said, Pam, 1 to 3, La Crosse, Eau Claire, Mauston, an inch or two elsewhere. Rainfall-wise, could be a quarter to a half inch, collecting almost anywhere as well. Mm, that's going to be the catch. Am I going to have ice, you think, tomorrow morning then? It'll be just that snow starting or maybe a little freezing drizzle when you're on the way in, you know, early. And it'll be more likely some snow than as the morning rolls on. All right. Good deal. Well, we'll figure out if I'm going to need new snow tires this winter or not pretty quick, I suppose. 
Put it to the test. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that. All right, man, we'll catch up with you tomorrow. See ya. All right, Stu Muckhag, meteorologist. I'll call him if I end up in the pickers. Put it to it, yeah. All right, yeah, well, so good. Fair warning, then, if uh, you're going to be out and about early tomorrow morning, now you want to start making your plans accordingly. Thanks for joining us this morning. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Here's a pop quiz for corn growers. Of the top three seed corn brands in the Central Corn Belt, only one is 100% focused on seed corn. U.S. Farm Family owned and got there without the help of a parent company. Any guesses? That's right. Wiffles Hybrids. Officially making them the grown-up in the field. Wiffles Hybrids. One thing done right. Furnace on the Fritz? Whether it's a quick fix or time for something new, you need a dealer who knows what it takes to warm things up. And a Bryant dealer does whatever it takes. It takes attention to detail, the right tools, and friendly, knowledgeable service. Bottom line, it takes a Bryant dealer to bring the heat. In the Madison area, call Heating and Cooling Incorporated for furnace service. Bryant. Whatever it takes. Inheriting a farm and what to do as an absentee landowner can be difficult. There are tough questions to address, as in, when is a good time to sell? How do you find a buyer? What's the land worth? With farmlandfinder.com, you can get answers. Simply go to farmlandfinder.com to request an offer on your land. There's absolutely no cost. By getting an offer from a verified buyer on Farmland Finder, you can test the market without having to commit to selling. Request your free offer on land at farmlandfinder.com. Believe it or not, interest rates are the lowest in history, and now is the time to refinance. If you want to save some money on your mortgage every month, it's very quick and easy. Allow me to show you all of your options. Just give me a call, and we'll get the process started. Educated Mortgage, the Mortgage Man. And MLS number 222652. There is no reason to be intimidated by words like gold, diamonds, jewels. No reason at all, especially when you stop into Goodman's Jewelers, 220 State Street, same location they've been at for over 85 years because they haven't been in business that long by intimidating people. They've been in that business by having beautiful pieces at all price points, whether it be an engagement ring, a wedding band, a pendant, maybe even a necklace, birthday, anniversaries, so many different occasions to give such beautiful jewelry that is very affordable. And of course, they've got the bling bling, the shine and diamonds, but they also have a great selection of other exotic gemstones and a lot of the cuts that are super hot these days. They may have that traditional feel, that traditional customer service, but they also have the new modern looks of today. Stop in and take a look at their jewelry case. Talk to the staff. Find out what it is that they have and what it is that they can create. Go online, goodmansjewelers.com. Our traffic laws are important safety rules designed to protect all of us. Sometimes, though, even if you do everything right, another driver may break those rules. Clifford and Rihala knows how often negligent drivers break the rules, how drunk or distracted drivers cause serious injuries and millions of dollars in other losses every year. While no one can eliminate the risk from negligent drivers, 
there are important steps you should take after a crash to protect yourself from additional harm. If you've been injured, you need skilled attorneys who have the knowledge and experience to help you recover all of your losses. At Clifford and Rihala, we help people who have been hurt when someone else breaks the rules. We'll be there for you to help make things right. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. Your time is valuable, and McFarland's knows that. Pam Yankee here for McFarland, 780 Carolina Street in the heart of Sauk City. But you know what? Sometimes you're in the middle of a 40-acre field when you need McFarland's the most. Do not forget about McFarland's 100 years of combined knowledge and expertise in keeping you running at those critical times. Text them at 608-643-3321. Let them know what you need, and the McFarland service team will respond. McFarland's.net. I think I understand what's going on, but we haven't peeled back enough layers of the onion. You know how there's weird med- magnetic places across the world? Yes. Yeah. I think that's just one of them for the University of Wisconsin. <laughs> it's located on Ryan it's Field. Like, it's like disasters happen. North <laughs> Evanston's like the Bermuda Triangle for the Wisconsin Badgers. They get lost in it. There's just a weird energy. <laughs> We've been watching Ancient Aliens lately. I haven't turned it on in a while, but, but it kind of came wrong. to me this morning. There, there are areas that have different magnetic, you know, like forces. Uh, in Bermuda Triangle is one of them. There's, uh, there's all kinds of places. Yeah, somewhere in the British Isles with like the ancient Druids. Yep, no doubt about it. So <laughs> it's just something weird like that for the University of Wisconsin. Evanston's got a weird magnetic energy and magnetic field that's just, just located dis- on top of Ryan Field. It discombobulates <laughs> people that wear cardinal, yeah. the cardinal red and the white. You know, it's just something that's in the air. Well, if you look at it, though, uh, I'm looking at Winsipedia. Uh, 2019, obviously, last year the Badgers win 24 to 15 at Camp Randall. But then you go back to 2018, the Badgers lose to Northwestern 31 to 17. That game was stinky. You guys remember that game? That was a yeah. stinky game. I mean, they've only won one of the last six since 2000 in Evanston. Yeah, I think it was uh, 2016. They win in Evanston. The Badgers win 21 to seven. Yep. Uh, then they lose in 2014, 20 to 14. Well, it just seems like they always play one of their worst games of the year when they play Northwestern, especially at Ryan Field. And oh. then you also have just weird things that happen. Yeah, the magnetic yeah. field, like, like that Jack Jazz Col- P- Jazz Oh P- my god! That, and that was a home game. Uh, like, but when they play Northwestern, yeah. weird stuff just yeah. happens. It's, 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 Never, it's not just resign, resign to Ryan Field. It's always at Camp Randall, too. It's oh, always Ron ugly. Dane fumbling the ball when yeah. all he needed to do is take a knee to win. Oh, God. Jesus. That yes. happened. <laughs> what is it? Is it uh, rowdy? Maybe they have magnets in their like helmets or something. They're, they're, they're bringing their own weird magnetic field with them. Um, well, if you look at the other teams uh, in the Big Ten wins. that have like the same type of caliber as Northwestern has the last two decades, the Badgers handle them. And yeah. they handle them pretty easily. It's just not Northwestern. <laughs> I, I don't it's understand it. Not North. Some of these scores are insane. Like you look at uh, there's a thirty three seventeen in there somewhere. There's a seventy to twenty three. What? Twenty ten? Is this right? Seventy to twenty three. Uh, November twenty seventh, twenty ten at Camp Randall. Uh, we got to get the research department on that. I'm looking at a, a, a 13 to seven Northwestern wins in 2015 at Camp Randall. I'm looking at a 21 to seven Wisconsin. Actually, that's what a one win in Evanston in a long time. I'm looking at is this right too? A 2005 51 to 48. Yeah, I was there. Believe me. Oh, you were at that one. Yeah, 
That was in Evanston, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, RJ, take me. Yeah, you were at the te- you were on the team then. Yeah. Take did. me. What the hell happened in that game? Uh, a lot of points were turnovers. Clear. That's pretty much it. Fifty-one to forty-eight. My God. Um, there are some weird score lines here. You're looking for is this one right here. This is the one that I need the research department to look up. Yeah. Uh, November twenty seventh, twenty ten. This one, I feel like I would remember a seventy to twenty three victory for the Badgers. Yeah, you'd you'd think you would. Um, I'm trying to. Oh, well, that's in the Brett Bielema run it up. So run it up on the teams you have to when it's not a part of the uh, formula for the BCS. So I mean, all right. So obviously, it's always been weird games between these two uh, teams. Yes. But you know what's really weird is the year of 2020. So Rowdy, there may be a magnetic field down there that messes with them, but also I'm thinking to myself, it's 2020. We're, here it is. It is true. 70 to 23. It is true. <laughs> In 2020, you have you know left is right, up is down, right is wrong, black is white. Maybe Wisconsin will go down there and exercise those Northwestern Ryanfield demons, and they will win. Graham Mertz mania. Maybe he'll set the record. He'll he'll throw seven touchdowns, six touchdowns. You know, instead of the five he did against Illinois, and we'll be talking like how great the Wisconsin Badgers are and how uh, Northwestern was a pretender for an O team. Yeah, I'm looking at this 2010 game, dude. Let's see, Monte Ball touchdown. Uh, Monte Ball touchdown. You have Monte Ball another touchdown. Scott Tolzien. 230 yards passing and four touchdowns. Yeah, it's insane. Look at this ass whooping of biblical proportions. My question is, why don't I remember this game? Why don't we remember this game? I think you, we, we will remember a 70-23 to 23 tune-up. Watch something like that happen, man. That would be, <laughs> be awesome. That would be great. Um, what's the spread on this game, Rowdy? Seven and a half. Because we know your barn smells like money. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Recognizing this year's Wisconsin Leopold Conservation Award winners from Portage County and talking about the cost of the Thanksgiving meal this year in Wisconsin. Those are some of the tidbits we've got coming your way. How are you doing? I'm Farm Director Pam Youngke. Weather-wise for today, it looks like we are going to stay quite a bit cooler and cloudier than we had last week. For daytime highs today, we're looking for around 39. Uh, Tonight, down to 28. Tomorrow, a good 70% chance of rain or snow, depending on where you are. 39 are expected high on Tuesday. A little warmer on Wednesday. 44 are expected high. I'm P.M. Yonke. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Monday. So today, 23rd day of November. On this day in 1960, Tinseltown dedicated their Walk of Fame at Hollywood Boulevard and Vine Street. All those gold stars you get a chance to see if you head to Hollywood. Also, happy birthday to Miley Cyrus. She's 28 years young today. And this one surprised me. In On this day in 1909, a Janesville man was convicted for selling oleo as butter. Remember, oleo is basically margarine, and it was outlawed in Wisconsin. And on January 27, 1910, he was found guilty in federal court of selling oleo as butter in Wisconsin. He got 18 months in Leavenworth. <laughs> and it all started on this day back in 1909. Wow. And now you know. 
Well, uh, kind of sticking with the food theme this morning, everybody's starting to get your grocery list together for the Thanksgiving meal. Now, I grant you it's probably going to look different than previous meals may have. I know my mom, for example, is going through withdrawal, not imagining all of us around the table. But regardless of what you're putting on that table, it looks like it's going to be a very smart menu as far as price. Josh Gramlin's got an update. Every single year, right around this time, the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation tells us just exactly how much a typical Thanksgiving meal would cost in the state of Wisconsin. So they look at the prices of the staples of the Thanksgiving table, obviously turkey. Then they look at things such as fresh cranberries or pumpkin pie or sweet potatoes, dinner rolls, milk, just to name a few of those products. And then they take it all together, they average it out, and then they tell us what your meal should cost. Sarah Hetke is the Director of Communications for Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Sarah, if 10 people were to get together for Thanksgiving this upcoming Thursday, About how much would that meal cost? Well, based on uh, this year's Market Basket survey, our Wisconsin price rang in at $60.97 for uh, the items you'd expect at your traditional Thanksgiving dinner. Let's back up real quick. What exactly is the Market Basket survey? We throw it around, but what exactly is it? Great question. So our Market Basket survey is an informal look at food prices in the state of Wisconsin, and then American Farm Bureau does the same survey on the national level. So it's a way for us to compare food prices in the state and across the nation year over year and be able to look at, um, you know, from year to year, how are those prices changing? But also in Wisconsin, how do the prices differ from those national averages? And Obviously, with this time of year being around Thanksgiving, we pick 15 food items that are reflective of what is a quote-unquote traditional Thanksgiving meal. Okay. So do you have, do you like assign people to go out to the store and then they pick the items and report back to you? Is that kind of how it works? Uh, Yeah, along those lines. We're pretty lucky. Uh, We've been doing this for many, many years. So we have a dedicated group of shoppers who every year they look forward to doing it. Um, You know, this year was a little bit different with the COVID-19 restrictions in place. uh, They were encouraged to check prices online or to use grocery shopping apps uh, for their local markets. You know, in in a normal year, they would go into the grocery store and be able to fill out their survey. Um, They are asked to find the best price without using any coupons or special promotions. So that sort of levels the playing field for the, the prices that we see so we don't see say, you know, a 98-cent gallon of milk in one place and a $2.87 gallon of milk in another place. We try to find a level the playing field that way. Makes sense, especially with the, with the Midwestern folk. They love their coupons. So that's a, that's a good stipulation to put out there. Um, how Absolutely. does Wisconsin compare to the national average? Uh, this year, we are extremely close. So uh, our Wisconsin average rang in at $60.97 with the national average being $60.11. So less than a dollar different between the state and national average. Hmm. Yeah, and I was kind of glancing over some of the prices, like the the itemized survey, which we do have on our website. Um, were there any prices that were surprising to you, uh, whether it be a good or bad surprise? You know, I think the, the price that was the most surprising to me, we did have a decrease in the price of the turkey from last year. If you look at our 2019 price for a 16-pound turkey, it was uh, almost $22. And this year we came in just a touch over 20. And uh, we recently had a call with an American Farm Bureau economist who said that they're seeing retailers competitively pricing turkeys this year 
just knowing that our holiday gatherings are going to be a little different. We are likely going to have fewer people gathering with us, but they still want to be able to move those turkeys. We just might be looking at uh, eating leftovers and uh, eating turkey in some creative ways. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. That, those are kind of the stories that we've been telling is it'll it'll be interesting to see. I need to go to the grocery store because I'm I'm so curious what turkey prices are looking like. Um, and then let's kind of shift and talk about the farmer's share of that sixty dollars and ninety seven cents. Yeah, that's this is something that I love to talk about, because when we go to the grocery store, we don't often think about the, the farmers and the money behind the, the food that they're producing um, of every dollar that we spend at the grocery store, farmers get about 14.6 cents of that. And uh, when you account, so that's before they make any pay any bills or other payments. When you account for those other payments that they have to make, they actually net about eight cents of every dollar. And that eight cents, I'm awful at percentages, but the percentage that the farmer would get of the dollar used to be higher, you know, 30, 40 years ago, didn't it? Absolutely. Yes. We've, we've seen that decrease over time. Um, you know, the, we're spending more money on, on things like marketing and on packaging, and we're seeing that farmers are receiving less of those retail food dollars. But for anyone who wants to support their local farmers, you know, go to the grocery store and look for food products that come from Wisconsin or across the Midwest. You know, we can support our farmers within the state, but, you know, we also have uh, a lot of farmers in Illinois, Iowa, Wisconsin, uh, excuse me, Minnesota, who we can be supporting as well. Okay, so Sarah, are there any parting words before I let you go? Absolutely. You know, it, it's been a very challenging year this year with, with all of the changes that we've seen and the different challenges that people have been through. Uh, I really encourage folks to just take some time over the Thanksgiving holiday and reflect on what we have to be grateful for. Uh, we saw a time this year where the grocery store shelves were picked over and they were pretty bare. And so I just really encourage folks to be grateful for the farmers and the food workers who put the food on our grocery store shelves and ultimately our dinner table. Couldn't have said it better myself. That is Sarah Hetke. She is the Director of Communications for the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation. According to their research, if you were to feed 10 people this upcoming Thanksgiving, your meals should cost right around $60.97. Happy early Thanksgiving to you. And for the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. Wondering where you can hear how milk contracts are doing at this time of day? Wonder no more. The Midwest Farm Report will be back with a market update in just moments. Inheriting a farm and what to do as an absentee landowner can be difficult. There are tough questions to address, as in, when is a good time to sell? How do you find a buyer? What's the land worth? With farmlandfinder.com, you can get answers. Simply go to farmlandfinder.com to request an offer on your land. There's absolutely no cost. By getting an offer from a verified buyer on Farmland Finder, you can test the market without having to commit to selling. Request your free offer on land at farmlandfinder.com. Everyone at the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board lives and breathes Wisconsin soybeans and can be your knowledgeable ally in the field and at home. With important grower alerts, timely production advice and industry news, and expert-generated grower research, we are the resource to help your crop and business thrive. Stay in the know and connect with the Wisconsin Soybean community by finding Badger Bean on Facebook or by visiting badgerbean.com. 
I imagine some of you had a successful hunt over the weekend. Others will be pursuing the big buck later this week. You're probably getting to the woods, uh, maybe using an ATV or a UTV. Coming up in just a moment, we're going to remind you why safety needs to be a critical message when you're using those uh, recreation vehicles with Jake Holesclaw from the DNR. That's up in just a moment. So markets in overnight electronic trade this morning are holding firm. Right now in current trade, we've got December corn currently trading up almost a nickel at 428 and three quarters. The January beans are up 15 cents at 1196. July wheat right now is up almost four cents at 601. Friday in Chicago, finally, barrel cheese gained two and a quarter cents at 142 and a quarter. 40 pound block cheese was up nearly a nickel at 164 and a half. And double A butter, well, that did drop two and a half cents at 134 and a half. December milk right now is up six at 1604 a hundredweight. Like I said, if you've been using an ATV, UTV to try to get out to the woods, hopefully you're thinking safety. Unfortunately, for a lot of folks in Wisconsin in 2020, uh, not paying attention to safety measures has cost them their lives. Talking about that with Jake Holzclaw from Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources next. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. I'm Tom Spitz. And I'm Dave Fink from Settlers Bank. We'd like to take this moment to thank you for helping Settlers Bank be the success that it is. Your trust, your business, and friendship means more than you can imagine. Whether you're financing your home or growing your business, Settlers Bank will always be here when you're ready. Settlers Bank. Timely decisions. Lenders you know. Member FDIC. Equal Opportunity Lender. This holiday season, we hope you'll celebrate with family in safe ways and create memories to always cherish. Because isn't that the best gift? Hi, Pete Gunderson here from Gunderson Life Celebration Centers. At Gunderson Funeral, we understand how precious every moment can be. That's why we are committed to celebrating life and honoring your loved ones. For almost 100 years, we've been serving the community. Thank you for trusting us. As we continue to honor the past and celebrate the present, find us at GundersonFH.com. Battles aren't won solely on the field. That's a common misconception. Battles are won within. Over enemies of fear. Enemies of doubt. In that place where promises are kept. Promises to oneself. This is a physical training event. Promises to one's community. Healthy people move debris out of their house. Promises to one's country. In the heart of every Marine, you'll find a promise. A promise forever kept. A promise of battles won. Roses are red, violets are blue, and you bet she'll be talking farming with you. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Don't forget John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson, will be catching up with us tomorrow. It looks like our dairy markets, hopefully, 
have hit bottom and are starting to recover. We'll find out what John has to say about that tomorrow. Speaking of Johns, congratulations to John and Melissa Aaron up in Portage County. They've been named the 2020 Wisconsin-Leopold Conservation Award winners. They'll be recognized during the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation's uh, virtual annual meeting coming up on December 4th. Boy, I'll tell you, they are some uh, dedicated folks. They're in the Stevens Point area. Actually, they're custom farming operations in Junction City, and they are farming some tough ground, heavy clay soils. So John's gotten very creative on how they try to keep things going. He has actually uh, excavated some of the clay out uh, using irrigation equipment. He's worked with the Portage County Land Conservation Department, the Wisconsin DNR, U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. He put in some drain tiles, and he also put uh, ponds on his uh, field to catch any runoff or any uh, rainwater so he can use it to irrigate his crops later. Just a lot of good things that you can read about John and Melissa Aaron, our Wisconsin Leopold Conservation Award winners. We've got it up now at MidwestFarmReport.com. Wrapping it up today, we want to focus in on safety, not in the farm fields, but then again, you may be in the farm fields. Hopefully some of you were successful on the hunt over the weekend. Others are going to be headed out again this week. And you may be using an ATV or UTV either to get out to your deer stand or to bring that buck back for processing. But Jake Holsclaw is the DNR Recreation Safety Specialist, and he says you have to think safety when you use those ATVs or UTVs. Yeah, we've definitely noticed an increase in, in use of the ATVs and UTVs. I think most of the dealers you talk to across the state, they're going to have increased sales. Um, a lot of people are getting interested in it, and they want to get out and about and uh, enjoy the outdoors and the new routes. And like you said, a lot of them are, are a useful tool on the farm so or in private you know, on private land. So people are buying ATVs or UTVs, and we just want to make sure that people are doing it safely. Talk to me about the numbers uh, that you've seen, Jake, be it this year or the most recent statistics. Uh, what happens when people don't pay attention to safety and those ATVs, UTVs? Well, uh, we've seen quite a few issues with people being injured uh, when they're either not wearing a helmet or, in the case of a UTV, not wearing a helmet and not wearing seatbelts. So all of your standard UTVs are provided with seatbelts, and, of course, we encourage people that they need to wear those uh, for safety reasons. One of, the, one of the things they're designed with is they have a roll bar feature on, on these machines, and it is designed to help, you know, keep the operator and occupant safe if they do tip over. But if folks aren't wearing seatbelts, those roll bars can actually cause uh, additional injuries. So we encourage folks to wear a, wear a helmet and wear seatbelts when they're in a UTV. Um, obviously, uh, take a safety course uh, if they're required to do so, and even required to do so if they're new to the new to the sport or new to operation. It'd be a good idea to get up to date on that, and then get up to date on all the on all the regulations. Yeah. You know, and one other thing, Jake, that you and I had been talking about, the fact that so many communities have now posted different routes for ATVs, UTVs that share the road with uh, other motorists. Uh, that's that's something else that the DNR is monitoring and making adjustments to, correct? Absolutely. Yep. It's been, uh, and, and, you know, originally routes were designed for connecting different tra- trail sections, but now a lot of a lot of local communities and local units of government have decided to open up um, whether they're county highways or town roads to ATV travel. 
And this has opened up a huge opportunity for people to travel, uh, whether around the county or from one county to another. So, and they just have to remember that when you're on a roadway and sharing it, you know, sharing the roadway with other vehicles, that they're definitely going to want to be uh, up to par on the rules. Uh, one of those would be following posted speed limits. Uh, in a lot of cases, a uh, local unit of government will actually post a slower speed limit for the UTVs or the ATVs, and folks are going to want to be aware of that. So, uh, and then not, you know, not every road is going to be open. Uh, a lot of state highways, most state highways are going to be closed. So folks have to be aware of where they're traveling. Jake Holsclaw, he's the Wisconsin DNR Recreation Safety Specialist. You know, the unfortunate thing is that this year, already more people have lost their lives on ATVs and UTVs compared to last year. DNR's latest counts before the weekend were 33 people that have died in ATV or UTV-related crashes, and most of those involved people not wearing a helmet or a seatbelt. Last year, 22 people lost their lives in ATV or UTV-related crashes, and hunters are often using those ATVs or UTVs to either travel off-road, maybe get out to their hunting location a little quicker, or they're using it to retrieve their harvest. And remember, it's not just about the adults. It's about adults setting a good example for the kids that are along with them as well. So Jake Holsclaw just reminds you, slow down. Uh, Some terrain in Wisconsin just too steep for ATVs or UTVs, so watch out for that. Obviously, don't drink and ride. Uh, Make sure that any kids that are using those ATVs or UTVs have gone through that safety training, and make sure that you're always wearing that helmet as well as your seatbelt. Just a little friendly reminder as the hunt of 2020 continues for a lot of folks around the state. As always, we remind you, sign up for our e-newsletter every day. We'll deliver that directly to your uh, e-mailbox. Just go to MidwestFarmReport.com and give us your email, and we'll send that to you every day. That way, whether or not I reach the information here on the radio or not, you'll always have a chance to go and catch up on the latest headlines. And we always post and refresh that information as more becomes available. Catch up with you tomorrow when John Heinberg joins us. Have a great Monday. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Hey, there goes Pam Yonke in her suburban truck across Wisconsin. Thanks to the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board and BadgerBean.com, helping farmers grow sustainable crops to feed a hungry planet. Focus on the future. Farm First represents dairy farmers in the halls of Congress and provides test verification, disaster assistance, and